it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine. That was one of the first things the Prime Minister said was, we've got to push back against disinformation. Well, uh, we've already had a lot of disinformation before this whole Nazi gaffe. And uh, now it's going on steroids. Uh, Russia's just having a heyday uh, with this chapter because they're using it as proof to justify uh, their attack. Uh, you know, they say they're denazifying Ukraine, and, and this is just feeding that nonsense. And so they were quick to portray this country as supporting a veteran who fought with the Nazis. And so, you know, I get that the Trudeau government on a domestic side wants us all to go away, but it's not going to. And it's certainly not going to go away for Mr. Zelensky, who's been very, very quiet. I want to bring in Marcus Kolder, director of Disinfo Watch, senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute. Um, and Marcus, I mean, I've, we've talked for a really long time, and we first started talking about disinformation because that's what you do. You look for disinformation from places like Russia and China, and you've worked, I mean, you guys were first to uh, point out the Chinese disinformation yeah. against uh, Aaron O'Toole's campaign. So you get this stuff. You've been working on this stuff. What, do you, what are you seeing? Well, we try to get it, Alex, yeah. um, and we don't always get it because we're not. We can't have our eyes everywhere. But and thank you, by the way, for acknowledging that we we were the first to uh, to uh, identify and bring out that uh, that campaign against uh, the Conservatives and Aaron O'Toole during that that previous election. Um, you know, this what we're seeing right now. It's like a disinformation jackpot for for the for the Kremlin uh, for Russian propagandists. It is the worst own goal that you could possibly have. It's, mm -hmm. it's sort of our own fault for allowing this just terrible situation to happen. And you're absolutely right. This plays directly into the narratives that they've been trying to use to justify this barbaric criminal war against Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in February, 20, February 24th, 22, um, Vladimir Putin came out and publicly said, that uh, this invasion was going to be a three-day operation intended to denazify Ukraine. Um, this plays right into it. Um, and, and unfortunately, you're right. This is not, you know, maybe domestically in, in Parliament, this is now, you know, I think we've come, come to a resolution about uh, what, uh, who was to blame. And, and certainly with the apology yesterday, I mean, that was a good thing. But uh, the Russians are going to continue using this, not just for the coming days, but in the coming months and years. Uh, they will continue using this as a hammer against Canada and, as you point out uh, very accurately, against, uh, against Ukraine and uh, President Zelensky. And what's really tragic here, mm. I was in the House of Commons oh, when he yeah. gave a speech. It was an amazing yeah. emotional speech. Mm. It was an incredible historic moment that got completely derailed by this this terrible moment and that stupid decision. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, we got to keep our eyes open. The, pr the prime minister is absolutely correct. Um, Russia will continue using this and we need to be prepared uh, for those narratives. And as well, the, uh, the Russian embassy and the proxies it uses here in this country to try and amplify those narratives. We have to be prepared for that. Well, why do we have to prepare for it? Why can't we kick them out? Like, I don't know, we, the CRTC which apparently is off doing stuff for two years, they can easily shut down the propaganda. It allows both the Chinese and the Russian uh, channels that they, they allow to be played. They don't have to worry about Fox News. Get rid of that propaganda and kick out uh, diplomats from the Russian embassy. I mean, if they're going to do that, wouldn't that be the response to show, yeah, you know, you're not going to get away with that? Well, thank you for saying that because I completely agree. Um, we have 80 Russian diplomats. 80? 80. That's a lot. 
That's a lot. I mean, we have 178 Chinese or less one. I, you know, like that's a lot that's for these. Out. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are 80. And the only time that we kicked one out was about, it was around 2017, 2018. Um, we kicked out their chief uh, propagandist and a couple of others. Um, uh, but since then, certainly over the past 18 months of this war, we haven't uh, kicked out a single one. And yeah. you can be guaranteed that uh, not all of them are processing the few visas that are being processed for the the collaborators and enablers that are working with the Russian government, but others are probably running some assets in this country mm -hmm. um, to try and promote that disinformation, to intimidate uh, various different communities, including monitoring the Russian diaspora in this country and intimidating activists. Sure. Um, you know, and, and I can guarantee you that uh, CSIS and our intelligence community probably knows who they are. Why they haven't been kicked out yet is... Uh, is really a, a huge question, and I think that we need to start getting active on that file. Well, we should have gotten active on a long time ago, and, and we've seen that we are always reactive, and then we never actually act enough. And, and again, like this is not a, a partisan thing. It's a protecting our no. Canada, our nation. Um, and so for Zelensky, you know, it's been very quiet. Word is that the Prime Minister had not, as of this morning, reached out to talk to him. I, I can't imagine that he would not be the first phone call made. Like, what would be going on behind the scenes? Because I'm sure Zelensky's not happy. But how does this then, you know, it doesn't just go away for him, right? It might go away for us politically, and the pot shots stop. But it's not going to go away for him. So how problematic is what happened for him moving forward? Well, it's, it's hugely problematic. I mean, my contacts in Kiev have also said the same thing, that, uh, that the prime minister hasn't yet called uh, President Zelensky. President Zelensky is apparently waiting for that call. Oh. Um, he is he's extremely disappointed uh, about this. You know, uh, you know, up until that moment, things were going very, very well. Um, I think that throughout that day on Friday, I was in Toronto for the for the event as well. They were, they were excellent events, um, you know, and there were really emotional moments. Mm -hmm. You know, in Toronto, there was this one moment when, when Zelensky was introduced, he came to the stage, and a children's choir yes. just spontaneously yep. broke out with the Ukrainian anthem. And you could see that he wasn't expecting that. And, you, and I was sort of towards the back of the room, and this wave sort of went through up, into the, up to uh, Zelensky. And what, the moment when Zelensky noticed, his hand went on, onto his heart. And mm -hmm. you could see that it was very... Like you're just extremely emotional for 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 the president that, at that moment, um, and so yeah, I mean he's I mean he's being insulted. I think the Ukrainian people have, uh, among the many groups who were insulted by that situation, but the Ukrainian people as well. And so, you know, I would have thought that the prime minister would have called him right away. And well, I, I think most know. people would assume that that's the basics of of right? what you do because look, Zelensky's not going to say anything because he needs the West, he needs our weapons, he needs money. He needs us as an ally, and we have literally kind of torn down everything. And um, it's disappointing. If, if, if what you're hearing is true, it's incredibly disappointing. Yeah, and I, and I hope it's not true. Um, I'm hoping that phone call has happened. Um, you know, and I know how difficult it might be for the prime minister to have that call. I, I can empathize with that. Well, it's not I mean, easy no being one. a prime minister. Come on. Like, he's a prime minister. It's a tough job. Suck it up. And, and, yeah, and so I, I, I hope it's not true, but, you know, and if, if, it's, if it is true that he hasn't made that call yet, he's, he's got to make that, uh, that call immediately. Because, look, I mean, President Zelensky talks to a lot of our allies yeah. um, and on a very regular basis, you know, and, and you know, this doesn't – the situation uh, really reflects poorly on us in those inner circles. And, um, 
you know, I, the sooner the prime minister, our prime minister gets to this apology, the, the better. And, and we can start moving on to the very important work of stopping this genocidal war that's happening. And I think we can we should all be refocusing on that uh, and, uh, and making sure that uh, that Ukraine has all the tools and support it needs to, to accomplish that mission. Boy, oh boy. I hope you're wrong, too. Uh, but we'll stay tuned on that. Marcus, always appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Alex. Marcus Golga uh, from Disinfo Watch. So that is how he and I came to talk many, many years ago. And it is a very big problem. But again, if the prime minister has not called Mr. Zelensky by now, I mean, can you imagine?